0: My 7 Chakras, episode
1: 232. Once you learn how to connect to the source within, you can enter the zone regardless of where you are, what you're doing, or whom you are with. When you cultivate the consciousness, the source of everything you do, you are empowered and your world changes in miraculous ways. The 7 Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host,
0: Aditya Jai Kumar. Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here host and founder of My7Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will change your life. So if this is the first time you're listening, I want to let you know that you have arrived at the right podcast my friend my goal here is to spread the word of the show as much as possible because if you read our itunes reviews you would know that we are changing lives so if you like what you hear or if you learn something new make sure you share something about what you learned today on facebook instagram pinterest or twitter using the hashtags hashtag my7chakras and hashtag action tribe that's My7Chakras and Action Tribe so that more people get to know about this corner of the internet. And if you haven't downloaded our official book reading list already, then make sure you go to my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. It's very simple. Our website, my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. On our show, we love finding out and knowing about new uh, books that can potentially change our lives i ask our guests for a book recommendation after every episode and what i've done is i've created a special pdf document that features 21 of the most recommended books till date some of these books are the alchemist by polo Coelho, hands of light by barbara brennan energy medicine by donna eden and think and go rich by napoleon hill which i absolutely love but if you want to get hold of the entire list just leave your best email address at my sevenchakras.com forward slash reading list. That's again my sevenchakras.com forward slash reading list. Awesome. We're all set to begin today's episode and to bring you our super awesome guest for today, Peggy Silfon. Peggy, are you ready to inspire?
1: I am absolutely ready. I can't wait.
0: Great. So Peggy Sealfon is a personal development coach, author, speaker, and internationally known expert on helping clients overcome chronic stress fear and anxiety her effective protocols especially her integrated life coaching system guide individuals and business groups in cutting-edge methods blending eastern and western traditions to improve productivity performance and address issues of health relationships work life purpose and spirituality her best-selling book is escape from anxiety supercharge your life with powerful strategies from a to z she recently published embodying the power of the zero stress zone a compilation of the teachings of the world-renowned spiritual master yogi amrit desai that's a book that we're going to talk about today uh, this is her second appearance on the show she first appeared way back on uh, episode 12 which is a long uh, time in the digital podcasting world. Today, we are at 2.32 and time just flies. If you want to listen to a previous episode, visit my 7 forward slash Peggy Silfon, S-E-A-L-F-O-N. That's my 7 forward slash Peggy, P-E-G-G-Y, S-E-A-L-F-O-N. And you can catch up uh, after listening to that episode. The name of that episode is Step Into Your Greatness. With the power of ancient yogic practices. So, Peggy, thank you for joining me once again.
1: Thank you so much, Aditya. It's just an absolute pleasure, and I'm so excited with what a long way you've come.
0: Oh, the journey has just begun, but I'm so, so excited about your book, and that's something that we are going to speak about. Really fascinating book, and so much in detail. So, it talks not only about the principles and uh, the concepts but also goes deep into taking action uh, whether it's a meditation or whether it's you know thinking a new way. Uh, uh, so so uh, before we actually start uh, into the interview or start with the interview my question to you is what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply that quote in your life? What a great question
1: Aditya. So my favorite quote at this point time is really from the book embodying the power of the zero stress zone and it's once you learn how to connect to the source within you can enter the zone regardless of where you are what you're doing or whom you are with when you cultivate the consciousness the source of everything you do you are empowered and your world changes in miraculous ways so it's really about learning how to quiet your mind so that you may enter the cosmic flow, which allows your life to be more effortless and more on purpose. So it's about entering an integrated state of being, the alignment of mind and body. And even though you may face challenges or irritations from situations, people, you learn to stay aligned with your source, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of storms and troubles. And you really learn to return again and again to that zero stress zone. And this is where you're empowered to connect to your divinity, the divine mm. perfection. And so for myself, um, I used to have tremendous highs, and then I'd crash and burn and hit horrible lows. Mm-hmm. And what I learned was that being in the zero stress zone, I could be more constantly in a state of just beingness, where I could function at my peak performance. Mm-hmm. And I do caution that it takes vigilance because it takes calm con- constant practice and of course i'm human like everyone else and i hit roadblocks but when i do i recognize and i accept them so i can practice and transcend them and stay connected to that more intuitive part of myself to that source within does that make sense to you
0: well absolutely it does in fact. Your book comes at just the right time and our conversation is coming at the right time because I'm reading uh, the book called Mastery by Robert Greene where he talks Mm -hmm. about different leaders and visionaries uh, like Buckminster Fuller and uh, uh, Da Vinci and different authors and poets and how they used to go into a zone of flow uh, that allowed them to really create whatever it is that they wanted to create. Uh, Even the Wright brothers who, you know, pioneered the aviation industry and and, and planes. So it talks about that zone of flow that a person reaches. But very often, if it's an artist, uh, like you mentioned in your book, sometimes people are worried about, you know, losing that flow or not being able to get into that flow because it comes naturally. But uh, I love the fact that your book focuses on consciously knowing how to get into that flow whenever you want and also in the process, letting go of stress, anxiety, worry, things that keep us away from that total level of creation. So my question to you is what inspired you to work on this wonderful project, Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress Zone?
1: Great question. Question. I was actually seeking solutions for myself, and my first aha moment came in the form of a weekend workshop with Yogi Desai, who we call Gurudev, and through his teachings of the I Am the Integrated Barment Method, I was able to connect to a place within myself and experience this sort of recognition and this reconnection. I felt this ease and this contentment, but it didn't last. So mm-hmm. I came back for another workshop, and I began to certify in the Amrit Method, and then I also trained in a variety of other modalities, but what I found was that it was so awe-inspiring to me that I could enter into this feeling of lightness and empowerment that I really wanted to share my discoveries with others and to really help them live in the zone, and literally at that time, I felt like I wanted to- to stand on rooftops and mm-hmm. scream to the world, wow, I found the secret to life, I found the answers. And at that time, I actually owned an advertising agency, and I thought, heck, I could market this and really reach people all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I found myself talking to Gurudev's son, Malai, and he strolled me into Gurudev's office, and I really didn't know what would unfold, but it literally changed the course of my, wa- of my life. And... I ended up taking a Yoga Nidra certification program with Gurudev in Colorado, and it was during that that I got a vision and impulse that I needed to produce a book of his teachings and to really give others the opportunity to expand these inner skills. Well, it took almost a decade to actually Mm -hmm. produce it, and so in between that time, I wrote my own bestseller, but finally this year, the book is out, and I'm so excited to be able to be bringing his work to the world in a different form that makes it even more accessible.
0: Wonderful. So it's so amazing to note that it all started with a weekend workshop during which you experienced a sense of ease and peace and bliss. And you were able to, as you mentioned, connect to a place within yourself, but that didn't last. And so that took you on a journey of finding out more. You you know, took certifications, you attended more workshops to find out how you could get into that zone more easily and more often so uh, diving deeper what exactly is this zero stress zone could you talk to us a bit more about this
1: it's really that place that we all access when we're so absorbed in the moment in a project let's say or as you pointed out as scientists or artists get into their skill level of performing what they've learned to perform They can often disappear into that place of effortlessness. However, when they step out of the skill they've been trained in, they often default back into the pre-programming and past struggles and self-beliefs that aren't true, and they default back into patterns where they feel that they're struggling or suffering. So the zone allows you to really be in that mind-body integration fully and completely and through the I am methods, you can access it, as you mentioned earlier, more consciously, more mindfully and be able to move through life in this more effortless way as a result. So it's incredibly empowering and it's really exciting when you kind of find the key. And -hmm. that's what this book helps provide to the
0: reader. Wonderful. So it's a place that we get into, a place of effortlessness and ease of creating or performing Uh, a mind body and spiritual integration as you mentioned so wonderfully and sometimes when we get out of it when we get out of that zone we get back to maybe some level of suffering or stress or worry or these emotions that keep us back from being in the zone so uh, let's take a few steps back now what are some causes of stress according to your experience
1: i think your listeners probably know that better than anyone We have so many stresses in our lives today. We are overwhelmed, overloaded. There are so many frustrations, fears, anxieties. And sadly, we're seeing anxiety levels in children as young as six and seven years old. So all of these external influences create triggers within our bodies, our minds, that trigger these emotional confluences, if you will, that put you into a fight or flight response. And there's so many triggers for that today that it's really important to be able to to step back and really learn how to be in that zone so that you're not just buffeted around. Most people just feel like ragdolls going through their lives. And it's painful. It's not comfortable. It's not productive. You lose touch with your creativity, with all the divinity of who you are. You can't even see that because you have all these filters and obstacles that camouflage it. So it's wonderful to be able to really have a protocol and, and a strategy for accessing it on a regular basis.
0: Got it. So I loved your definition of uh, the process of or actually what happens, right? So it's these external influences that are around us in society in the environment in our surroundings that create those triggers that affect the emotions in one way or the other right and because it's external sometimes we might have that feeling that we have no control of what is happening externally and that puts us in a fight-or-flight response and the challenge with that is i'm guessing that when it happens on an ongoing basis fight-or-flight response it affects our emotions and hormones in a way that is detrimental to our health now
1: absolutely could you talk to, could you talk to us about serious. the challenge i mean it, yeah please go ahead well the, <laughs> yeah the challenge i'm sorry but the challenge exactly what you just articulated is that chronic stress mm-hmm. and, and first of all let me just go back to some of those emotions and those triggers are actually creating a connection to the shadow self to the unconscious subconscious where we've stored messages and energetic beliefs that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not good-looking enough, we don't have enough to offer or to give, and that really sabotages our abilities to be in the present. And instead, we get triggered by something external, which activates this old belief, system that isn't true but we've grooved this old belief system over such a long period that it becomes our default mechanism and it's really unhealthy so when those external triggers keep bombarding us we totally react with that fight or flight response which activates all these hormonal releases that speed up our heartbeat that speed up our our breath and as a result of all of that we're in this high alert mode Mm -hmm. where all all the energies are being siphoned away from non-essential functions like our immune system our digestive system and when you're in that state for chronic periods that's when we really run into health problems and inabilities to really function in our Mm -hmm. lives it's extremely depleting and very very stressful
0: got it now in your book you outline some techniques some methods to cope up or to deal with this level of stress not only that to move beyond that and get into a zone of uh, of being um, as you put it but what are the, are there any challenges with the traditional methods of dealing with stress that we have these days is there any challenge with the current way that people might be doing Or trying to overcome stress?
1: That's a great question. And I I think a lot of people feel that when they're stressed, they need to relax. So they choose relaxation methods like watching television, reading a book, having a drink. Mm. And these are very superficial. And they just take you out of that stressful moment for a moment. But they're not long-lasting. So it's really not getting to the source of the problem, the source Ah. of the stress-producing energies. And that's counterproductive. So it's not that it's bad to do those things. It's just that on an ongoing basis, they're not going to give you the sustainable relief
0: that you're really seeking. Got it, got it. So it's it's like a short-term solution. You feel that just this phase of relaxation might help solve the issue but the issue is definitely deep down it's more of a root cause and unless you're able to address that it'll keep surfacing and you know your bouts of uh, a netflix break or maybe just reading a book or maybe just taking a walk, which might be beneficial, might not actually solve the problem on a long-term basis. Now, at one point, you got yourself uh, certified in Yoga Nidra, right? You mentioned Yoga Nidra. For those who are new to the world of yoga, what is Yoga Nidra?
1: Yoga Nidra is a very powerful yogic methodology that Mm -hmm. means yogic sleep. And it takes you through a guided reclined meditation you're usually lying down or or sitting mm. comfortably in a chair and it guides you into very deep levels of relaxation where you access deeper states of consciousness uh alpha theta even delta states which are the states you would access when you go to sleep at night when you're in a deep sleep okay and And yet with yoga nidra, you're accessing those states consciously. So what that does is that really is one of the I am the integrative amrit method techniques for accessing the zero stress zone. And it helps release a lot of these old stored negative energies that are not serving you. And it allows you to really connect to your authentic self and who you truly are and be in a higher performance level plus they've done extensive studies on yoga nidra and they've found that just 20 minutes of doing yoga nidra is equivalent to three to four hours of deep REM the rapid eye movement restorative sleep so it's very empowering it's a
0: fantastic technique wow so this sounds really really enjoyable as well as as you mentioned beneficial i've not tried yoga nidra before that but i definitely must try it sometime soon
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It is really my secret weapon because there are nights when I don't get enough sleep and I'm feeling a little hazy in the morning and before I even get out of bed, I will do 30 minutes of yoga nidra and then I'm good to go. It's amazing. And I use it also. I've actually created CDs of yoga nidra for different applications for people suffering stress or pain or or for sports for athletes. And what I find is that I, I have one in my car. I have a CD or I also have it downloaded on my smartphone. And if I'm traveling long distances, for instance, I'm driving and I get yeah. really fatigued, I pull over and I listen for 20 minutes and it's as if I've had a full night's sleep.
0: So do you I need to be lying to down it for that? amazing. Or, or sitting.
1: I actually sitting. sit in the okay. driver's seat with the car stopped, obviously, because you have to close your eyes yeah. to be able to enter that inner seat. Secret expansive place within, and so you do need to be in a quiet place. I'll pull into a parking lot in the back of a parking lot somewhere. I just recline my chair slightly and I just disappear for 20 minutes, and I come back. Wow. I'm, I'm a new me. It's amazing, wow. it's really remarkable. It's a- it's one of the most powerful techniques we have available from the ancient yogic teachings
0: awesome so that's a great idea for our next guided meditation session uh, that we do for our show or via webinar and people have been loving the guided meditations so maybe uh, yoga nidra guided meditation might be that would be wonderful (laughs) so peggy talk to us about the concept of intention and how it relates to entering the zero stress zone what is intention intention exactly
1: Mm -hmm. has many different facets. Primarily, intention is allowing yourself to set yourself on a path that's in the present. So an intention is always current. It's in the present. And yet it can set a format for you or kind of an umbrella understanding of where you are and where you're going and what you want to manifest in your life. So it's really important to develop your major intention, which is timeless. It doesn't have a destination. It's not like a goal, so you're not in a hurry to get there. It's really about the path and the journey and being on that journey with a strong, deliberate intention so that you can really tap into all that you are and be able to continue to articulate it as you move through your day-to-day. So Mm -hmm. you can have a primary intention that is really for your life, and then you can have supplemental intentions that help feed that primary intention. So, for instance, if you're having a health issue right now, getting healthy and being in alignment may not be your life intention, but in the short term, it Mm -hmm. is your intention in order to be able to embrace your life intention. Does that make sense to you?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the word intention I'm finding is so powerful these days. Uh, a couple of years back, the word intention might seem very straightforward, right? That's what it means. But like you mentioned, it has so many different meanings. Uh, and as you so wonderfully put put it, you know, it's sort of deciding. right? It's, uh, it's deciding and affirming deep down where you want to head, whether it is in your life or whether it is in your health on a more short term basis, you intend to to heal that issue that you're going through
1: exactly you know and the journey that you want to take it's like your life's mission statement got it and so in order to fulfill that life's mission statement there may be supplemental intentions to keep Ah. you rooted on
0: your path got it got it now peggy uh, chapter two of your book is titled the energy body empowers you so could you talk to us about this concept of the energy body empowering you or me (laughs) that's
1: also a very deep question your energy body is part of your whole and part of Mm -hmm. cosmic intelligence that connects us to everyone and everything connects us to the divine and so your energy body stores a lot of your life experiences and we often are unaware of, of just how that happens and, and how we're being fed and we often have that inner outer conflict so in other words let's say since we just talked about intentions that you're setting an intention for something that you feel is your mission statement but you have this unconscious energy body conflict within that doesn't believe you're good enough or powerful enough or understanding enough to have or to be what you set your intention to be. So then you're in conflict and that conflict really influences the manifestation of your reality. So it comes back to learning about how to really create, well, the seven chakras and and be in your flow energetically so that you're allowing the prana, the vital life force energy to really flow through your body, bringing wisdom, Mm. innate understandings, and a connection to to, um, all the wisdom of the universe.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Now, let's talk about meditation. And in the book, you talk about the quantum breath meditation. Talk to us about that type of meditation. And how is it different from the others? Good
1: question. The quantum breath meditation is... a Another powerful I am technique that allows you to really enter into a more expansive source within yourself. And okay. what's unique about it is most spiritual practitioners jump from thinking to just being. And that's a really big leap. And the quantum breath meditation takes you from thinking and doing to feeling you have to feel the energy bodies the energetic flow the prana moving through and Mm. then be able to enter that state of being and the way it's so powerful is that it works with a third eye integration and as you know the third eye is that integrated state where mind body heart and spirit truly come together in union in oneness so this quantum brain Breath meditation allows you to really bring your energies together in this incredibly empowering way, and to really enter that deep s- source within yourself where your truth lies.
0: Wow! So that is this is really really useful and powerful because you mentioned uh, this meditation, quantum breath meditation, helps the person access this state, this uh, source. Within themselves, and instead of you know jumping directly to the complex way that maybe yogis and uh you know advanced meditators do, they go from thinking to being. Uh, This is a more of a guided uh, journey where the meditation helps you go from thinking to feeling, which is feeling the prana move through you, feeling the chi energy move through you, and then to being, which is a more natural transition. And it seems like this might be the missing link for many people trying to meditate might uh, you, you know who who might be trying and you know not really experiencing what it is to experience but uh, they might be missing the activating of the energy field or the prana body is that correct
1: right exactly and that's the whole point is that we have these physical bodies but we are spiritual beings so it's mm-hmm. allowing yourself to enter into your physical being and, and feel it and understand and notice uh, how the energy is maybe vibrating or pulsating or you feel coolness or you feel heat and just entering into that awareness about those feelings because it is that experience that allows you to connect to the divine and to connect to that source within and what I've found With the quantum breath meditation, even though it sounds like a mouthful, it actually has allowed practitioners to enter into that zone much more easily. I find veteran meditators tell me that they've gone deeper with this technique than they've ever gone before, and Mm -hmm. people who have never meditated, who've said, oh, I can't, I can't sit still long enough, I can't focus, I can't do this, I can't do that, I find that they enter into it, and I use this a lot with my clients, and especially... A lot of, I work with a lot of corporate clients. And so for them, I don't call it the quantum breath meditation. I call it the productivity pause because they understand Mm. that. And it really allows them to take this opportunity to really get quiet and to allow themselves to be in a more intensified place that is where they live, is where Mm -hmm. they reside and they they've lost connection with that. I think so many people are disconnected and this is an opportunity to really reconnect and it's so simple to do, it really is. And I have to tell you when I first when Gerda first taught it, he required that you be initiated. And to be initiated, you had to sign an agreement that you would practice this technique every morning and every evening for 20 minutes. And that was intimidating. Some people actually would leave. They didn't want to do that. They couldn't commit to it. And what I found was as I got more involved in the work and in doing this book and so forth, I actually did an event with Gurudev in my community and had over 350 people who came to this weekend workshop. And I knew that when the end of the workshop came, I could see how so many people had shifted and were feeling so transformed. But I knew as they moved back into their lives, just like I had, it was going to be difficult to figure out, well, how do you manage this. So I went to Gurudev and I asked him, I said, what can you do to help my neighbors, my friends, all these people who came and took this workshop? And he said, teach them the quantum breath meditation. And I was shocked Mm -hmm. because he had always asked in the past that you had to be initiated. And now he was giving me the liberty to teach. And I was so honored and privileged. And that was one of my turning points in my life, to be honest, because I never Mm -hmm. thought of myself teaching I was I had an advertising agency well, how was I going to be a, a yogi and yet uh-huh. his words and his encouragement to set me on that
0: path wonderful wonderful so you mentioned that you had 350 people arrive for that workshop yes that's awesome so 350 is a large number in fact especially if you see 350 people in front of you right so i think in the digital world when we see the number 350 it might seem small because you're always wanting to be the best and the you know or most um uh, or, or or have largest following or whatever but when you see 350 people in front of you at a workshop that's immense so did you expect uh, you know, that there would be 350 people or? Uh,
1: Absolutely not. I thought maybe we would have 100. It was the first time he had come to Southwest okay. Florida to teach. And I did have an advertising agency at the time, so I did market it, but I yeah. never expected that kind of turnout. In fact, at one point I, I felt that I needed to turn people away, that I couldn't accommodate them. And I remember Gurdjieff saying to me, No, do not turn anyone away. Whoever wants to be here, we'll, we will make this work. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it was really a heady experience in that I knew that so many people were sort of touching the light and touching access to so many things within themselves that they had denied and detached from for so long, and I could see it in their faces. I mean, it was amazing the sort of um, curiosity that they arrived with and and the pained faces, and by the Mm. end of the weekend, how they had clearly transformed. It was palpable. It was a really remarkable experience, and that was also what really motivated me to explore more of this and to even hone deeper into the essence of what this was and why i wanted to do this book
0: wonderful so i love the type of words that you're using today very empowering words like explore and curiosity which are two words that i try to live my life by exploration and curiosity and the book that i'm reading right now mastery it says that we all start our Uh, endeavors or adventures with a sense of exploration and curiosity, right, which help us uh, drive our lives through a sense of intuition. But over time, as you get more and more siloed or regimented and more into the operational side of things, we move into logic and analyze what is possible, not possible. And so I try to go back into that sense of curiosity and exploration every time. And that really energizes me completely. So thanks a lot for sharing that. And I'm sure the people who That's arrived beautiful. at your event uh, had that sense of curiosity, or maybe they reinstilled that sense of curiosity so that they could feel like a child once again. Uh, now, Peggy, you stress the importance of focusing on the third eye while meditating. And you spoke about that a couple of minutes back as well. So why why is it so important to focus on the third eye while doing this type of meditation?
1: That really is the crossroads of physiologically so many of our connections. The third eye Mm -hmm. chakra is our connection to our higher self. And by using our focus in that way, energy follows attention. So it really allows us to activate the dormant healing capabilities in our body, our inner creativity, our expansiveness, Mm. our infiniteness. It is a powerful place. And to me, that is what makes the I am meditation technique so powerful in that it gives, you know, in our busy, crazy world, people have difficulty focusing or staying on task. There's so many interruptions and distractions. And this allows them to have a focus that's incredibly productive in terms of connecting to that inner spiritual powerful expansive self
0: that they are. Got it. Now, one of the most popular questions I get from our listeners and our community uh, here on My Seven Chakras is how do I go about activating my third eye? And I know that we don't have that much time today, but what advice do you have for someone listening to this episode right now who might want to activate or decalcify uh, or energize their third eye?
1: The first step is really to get quiet, to be in a place place not necessarily you know i think a lot of people feel like they have to have a special room or special place i think as you master this you realize you take this with you it's always available to you and so it's really about quieting your mind we have such busy monkey minds with thoughts passing through so ferociously that we don't have time to make that connection so by quieting the mind we're more able to have that focus. And one of the ways that can help quiet the mind and quiet the stress response, the fight or flight response, is by doing some deep breathing, some really slow, deep, rhythmic breathing. And that allows us to literally signal our nervous system to quiet down and by focusing on the third eye it allows us to not focus on all the thoughts or all the other things that we're being distracted by so it gives us that intention of a focus that is so extraordinary in terms of how it allows us to really be more fully present
0: wonderful and to me uh, the third eye uh, represents the eye of the storm you know there might be so many things going on in our lives around us in our emotional body emotion that we're feeling whether it's fear worry anger resentment or whether it's in our mental body thoughts that are always nagging us and worrying us thoughts about the past or what might happen in the future but when you are focusing on the third eye it is as if your consciousness gets right in the center of the storm where it's peaceful and calm even though there is a storm going on around you so thanks a lot for sharing that uh, perspective Uh, Peggy what exactly is the ego and how does it serve us and in what ways does it do us harm
1: it's a really good question the ego is our protector and it's kind of have connected to our primal brain for survival and the ego is fed by a lot of the pre-programming the messages that we get as children or as we're growing up messages that sometimes can be self-sabotaging and can be destructive and oftentimes the ego becomes the ruler of our being and when that happens we lose connection with our true selves and the ego takes over And so the ego has an important role for our survival and to keep us out of danger. But again, in our society and in the culture we live in, it's really raged out of control. And the ego has become enormous now. And in order to really have balance, we need to quiet that ego and allow our inner spiritual selves to be heard. And the ego tends to block that. So it blocks Mm -hmm. the prana. It blocks that energetic flow that keeps us healthy, that allows mind, body, heart, and spirit to stay connected so that we can really be performing at our peak. And so the Mm -hmm. ego can create a lot of conflict, a lot of negativity. So it's helpful to quiet the ego by becoming present and by learning Mm -hmm. what we call well go calls witness consciousness. So that's a mm. form of mindfulness of really being present and seeing what is as is instead of reacting through the ego, through that ego consciousness of distortions which aren't real. If if something feels really hot to you and you're uncomfortable and miserable because it's so hot, it's really not good or bad. It's just hot. So if you learn to accept I understand it's just hot, and you become witness conscious and observe, you let go of the ego reaction. And instead, you may just respond by getting a drink of water or moving to a cooler place. Does that make sense to you?
0: Mm -hmm. I'm kind of simplifying,
1: but (laughs) it's clear.
0: Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. The ego, like you said, is our protector. And it is the things or the experiences that we have as we grow up that really define our identity it helps us you know stay away from danger Uh, and as you mentioned uh, one way to uh, you know solve this or the resolve this is to be a witness to really observe the workings of the mind without judgment between right and wrong. Now, here's a question that I have. If the ego shapes our identity, and our identity is who we think we are right now, if we let go of our ego, wouldn't that mean letting go of our identity? And if we let go of our identity, who are we?
1: That's a great point. And letting go of a false identity Mm. is what we're doing by letting go of the ego, so that you can connect to truly who you are. problem that i see like so many clients i work with they just feel undervalued and they don't value themselves they don't see themselves they don't see their gifts a lot of their talents and their gifts are so natural and flow so effortlessly and because they do they feel they're not real or that that's not really who they are so they deny them and reject them so it's really about connecting to your true self and all the gifts and talents mm-hmm. that you have.
0: So something that I really love about, I guess, the spiritual world or uh, philosophy is that there tend to be a lot of paradoxes, right? Absolutely. You, know, you do this, what you do that as well, and so at the end of the day, it's about your judgment of what feels right to you. Because something that caught my attention in the book is this sentence: When you embark upon the spiritual journey, you resist what looks negative and you chase desired positive or spiritual results. This may look like a normal thing to do but it is the deceptive work of the ego it is reaction that reinforced your self-image. When you take the position of being for or against, you are in reaction to what is present rather than acknowledging and accepting what is present. Could you talk to us about this idea? That's
1: really it in a nutshell. I mean, you kind of summed it up. It's (laughs) really about recognizing that, well, let let me put it on very human terms. Mm. When you react to something, somebody you feel just made you so mad it's about stopping that reaction in that moment and recognizing first of all that nobody can make you mad unless you give them permission but Mm -hmm. secondly they're triggering something within you that has not been resolved some old pattern old energy old belief system some of this pre-programmed that is coming to the surface and being triggered by this person's behavior. Mm. And this person's behavior may be totally innocent. They did nothing to create some anger in you. Your reaction is what created the anger. So in order to transcend that, you first have to be aware that you're in reaction. So Mm. it's learning not to react to the reaction, being aware and integrated with that moment And not resisting, as Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. So Mm -hmm. it's not about denying that you're having the reaction. Yes, you're mad. Accept that moment, but don't hang on to it. Don't focus on it. Again, understanding that energy follows attention. If you focus on that anger, that's all you're going to experience in that moment and for moments to come unless you shift out of it. And you have Mm -hmm. the power to do that it's a choice and so it's learning how to do this in every moment of every minute of every day so that you're not just going from reaction to reaction and painful suffering to painful suffering so you're able to really transcend those moments and enter into this divine place which is more heavenly. And not that there aren't challenges and difficult things that are happening. But what I've learned and what I teach my clients is you learn to deal with them so differently. You see them in a different light. And instead of being in the shadow of a darkness, you're literally shining a spotlight on them. And suddenly, you're not so fearful, and you're able to mm. see some solutions. And that's the key thing, especially of the meditation technique, is that It shifts you into a different state of consciousness so that, Mm -hmm. as you talked earlier about da Vinci and, um, well, I think of Einstein also, so many of the discoveries and the creativity that they accessed came because they were able to access that place and anyone can access it. And so it's learning how to recognize things that aren't serving you so that you can shine the spotlight and send the shadows away and really be in this light of performance and productivity and love
0: wow wow uh, you know indeed there are so many concepts and ideas in your book that we haven't uh, gone through all of them but it really reminds me of the amount of work that i have to do in order to really evolve or ascend and uh, uh, you know even this even this uh, concept that we just discussed about you know uh, The difference between judgment versus just being a witness conscious and observing things. Uh, the fact that when you choose its a reaction that reinforces your self-image when you take the position of being for or against you are in reaction to what is present rather than acknowledging and accepting what is present i mean that is something that phrase is something to meditate upon because i'm sure that as i meditate more and more i will understand what it really means to a greater extent uh, so wonderful thanks a lot for sharing now in compiling this book you obviously spent a lot of time with Guru Amrit Desai, right? So what was the experience like? You know, it was such a
1: privilege. And really, I felt so honored to have unending time with him. And he would hunger to spend the time talking about different Mm. concepts and different philosophies and clarifying and understanding. And it was interesting because... I kept thinking the book was done. After a couple of years I would bring it was like 500 pages at one point and we would get together and all of a sudden he would kind of shift a perception and I would realize okay back to the drawing boards we need to work, <laughs> work on this some more and it literally yeah. took 9 years to produce it but it was I I was I felt like I was in a different dimension Every time I was with him, I felt like I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. The energy was so profound. He's like a tuning fork. And yep. he has that energetic connectivity to a whole other dimension. And as people are around him, they sometimes feel fatigued because it's so stressful moving their energies to his level. And mm-hmm. other times you just feel so, you know, high on it. It's almost like you're taking drugs. only there are these internal drugs that you're releasing, this internal huh. pharmacy of of activity. And it's so exciting and energizing. And um I just found so much information of the wisdom of the universe of the truth of existence through my time with him and i continue to he's extraordinary
0: got it now uh, here's a question that i have for you obviously this was a project uh and you worked on it and as you mentioned every time you would bring it to guru uh, he would maybe uh raise another a point which would take you to another space right and say okay maybe there's some more work to be done and you maybe you went back to the drawing boards and improved or iterated or you know uh, uh, enhanced uh, the book so to speak Uh, so what did you learn from this project in terms of thinking that it might take x amount of time but then it gets elongated right so was there some thoughts that you had to go through in order to uh, finally realize this this project i'm not sure if that's a a great
1: question actually Mm -hmm. and i I learned yoga i learned Mm -hmm. yoga in a far deeper way and i learned that yoga is really part of life and it is part of our existence and i learned how to be in the cosmic flow because i'm a very my origins. I, I was a type triple A personality, so I was go 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 get it uh, done. And yeah. this really c- cooled my jets and allowed me to sort of step back and really see the cosmic waves mm-hmm. and really see how they ebb and flow and be able to accept because there was disappointment at, at the early point. Yeah. I would be profoundly disappointed that I, I committed so much time to this. I felt like we were going in circles. We weren't getting anywhere. And what yeah. I w- was discovering along the way was that part of the time that I spent with him was to truly deepen my understanding of the work. And the other part was that it is just part of this cosmic flow. It's And again, going back to it's not good or bad, it's not right or wrong, it's just learning how to accept what is and being able to really reset at each point. And that reset mm-hmm. was taking me back into that posture of consciousness in terms of being able to just be the witness instead of being this sort of emotional baggage of annoyance or impatience. I was able mm-hmm. to really transition into a place of acceptance and an acceptance and a place of beingness, which allowed mm-hmm. me to be more present at every step along the way, so that I was less judgmental. I, it mm-hmm. really, it ta- You know, talking to you, I realized just how much it really did teach me, and lessons that I use now, not only in my own life, but working with other clients and corporate groups, how much I bring to them. And it's a really um, sacred place, and it's, for some people, you know, especially in the corporate world, they think of some of the things that we're talking about as woo-woo. And yet, because of the way that I'm able to communicate it to them, there's an acceptance level where they go deeper than they've ever gone in terms of being able to access their their levels of productivity and creativity so it's been so gratifying and and i have to tell you every time i send a message to gurudev i get messages back from his assistants saying uh, things about how i put a smile on his face every time he hears from him because he knows that i'm out in the world spreading the light that he shined on me through his heritage through his lineage through his work and so Mm. i know that it pleases him but more importantly it makes profound waves of change that are really productive in the world and for me that's what's so gratifying
0: waves of change and that's exactly what you are making right now through your words uh, through your stories. Uh, so, thanks a lot for sharing all of that. Based on what we've spoken today, what is it one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners?
1: A good action step is really to take time to prioritize yourself and to really honor and accept yourself as you are, to let go of self judgment, self sabotaging, so that you can connect to your divinity, so that you can connect to all your inner talents and powers and be all
0: that you are so action tribe in case you want to listen to the show notes in fact watch and read the show notes uh, then you can go to my7chakras.com forward slash 232 that's my7chakras.com forward slash 232 and before we move on a word from our sponsor gaia.com <laughs> action drive let me ask you this are you living your life's purpose have you identified the work that you have been called to do if you haven't don't worry you are getting there get in touch with the excitement and the emotion and the curiosity and the exploration that makes you come alive be on the lookout for such activities remember it's not about the money if you do the work that lights you up the money will follow keep searching but once in a while don't forget to take a nap or a nidra or asleep. Why is that? Because there's a lot of happening. There's a lot of stuff happening in your subconscious mind, ideas and actions that are waiting to come to the surface. A mixture of action and rest will help you find your true calling because if you don't give up, you will ultimately find it. Because as Abraham Maslow, so directly put, musicians must make music, artists must paint, poets must write. If they are to ultimately be at peace with themselves what human beings can be they must be so think about that for a few seconds so peggy uh what is that one defining moment in your life that really changed the way you thought and did things after that was there ever a defining moment
1: actually the defining moment was that moment that i shared with you earlier when i was with gurudev after the event in naples mm-hmm. And he suggested to me that I teach, and I was so stunned by his suggestion, and it kind of resonated with me, and I thought, well, why not? And so with 350 people, I, I literally started a meditation class and offered that on a regular basis, and people came, and I felt it helped me stay connected to the work and the teachings and the practice. So. So I loved it and wanted more and that's when I actually started on this path of training and training not only in yoga, yoga nidra and being able to teach the quantum breath meditation but then even expanding into training in a lot of the western modalities to really understand human development and human behavior. So I trained in modern psychology and all sorts of energy medicine, functional medicine and really expanded my understandings and then I actually certified as a life coach, which allowed me to really bring this more readily and palpably and intentionally to others.
0: Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. That is really, really inspiring. We never know how close we are to our defining moments and take note of that action tribe. Be on the lookout for those magical moments or defining moments that can really act as the inflection point in your life, taking you towards your purpose. And with that, we've arrived at the last round for today, which is called the wisdom round. This round is similar to a rapid fire round, which is all about taking notes and taking action. So Peggy, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you?
1: I forget who said it, but it's be yourself because everyone else has taken. I think it was Oscar Wilde. Mm. and i think it's so true i think we try to model ourselves after other people we may admire and we're denying who we maybe are and we're not tapping into the talents that we innately have and i think we're missing great opportunities
0: so name a personal habit that keeps you strong
1: One of the things that I do on a regular basis is use affirmations, and I actually start my day with an affirmation, so it allows me to really access how I want to show up in my day. So I have a lot of different affirmations that I use. I can share a couple with you if you'd like. Sure. So uh, one is from my book, Escape from Anxiety, and it's, I'm valuable, I know my true self, I'm at peace with who I am. And then another one that I like to use, which I use quite often, is a very simple one. I am full of love and light. And really embracing the words and holding on to those feelings and those concepts and allowing myself to feel them on a cellular level. And a lot of times with these affirmations, I will say them aloud because that allows them to be more part of the universe and really connect more deeply with myself.
0: And do you have a morning routine these days? What do you do during the first one hour? Off your day?
1: It does vary, but I always start with something I'm grateful for and begin with peacefulness. I begin with meditation or my affirmation. Sometimes I'll start with yoga nidra so before I even get out of bed so that I can really start mm-hmm. my day energized. Sometimes I'll just do yoga. I also now have a rebounder that I love using in the mornings to really get my lymphatic movement going uh, it's like a mini trampoline and that's terrific too mm. and then i always have um, some kind of water lemon water or celery juice which is great to get the hydrochloric stomach acid working right and then i usually start with a powerful powerful smoothie and some mornings i use actually a pemp mat a pulsed electromagnetic frequency mat which has far infrared and jade and amethyst and i'll do that mm. for 10 or 15 minutes if i I feel like my energies aren't fully balanced after yoga and so forth. That really helps get me energetically connected and aligned.
0: Got it. And name one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today.
1: Well, I have to recommend Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress Zone. And actually, I want to share with you, I'm really excited that uh, this coming week, I'm going into the studio to produce an audio version of the book. So it'll be an audio book but the end of this year. So nice. I feel this book, yeah, I'm really excited to provide that, and I'm working with an extraordinary, talented musician who's um, going to help me do the work. So, the book, to me, again, really just gives you amazing techniques to be able to enter into your true, authentic self, and I just think it's really that, the truth of existence, and it's really important that each one of us Delve into who we are so that we can really help make the change in the world that we want to see and influence our sphere of influence in ways that are really life changing for everyone.
0: So, Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations, and I know, know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on the show, and that's why Audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free. 30-day trial so that you can check out this service. Now, in case you don't know, uh, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android or Kindle including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook right away, go to my 7 forward slash free book. Once again, that's our website, my7chakras.com forward slash free Uh, search for your free book and or maybe wait for Peggy's book and start listening to your book by the way Peggy is it going to be on audible or is it on some other platform
1: I'm hoping it will be on audible I haven't even gotten that far yet I'm working on (sighs) laying down the recording but that is a fantastic offer that you're providing for your listeners so bravo oh you're doing such amazing things i love it
0: awesome yeah absolutely because uh, most of our listeners uh many of them uh, listen to the podcast while commuting right traveling or whether they're in their cars or outdoors and not really focused on reading the book and that's why i myself love uh, these books audible books because you can listen to them and in most cases many cases the author himself or herself is reading out the book to you and so it's really really convenient especially for podcast junkies oh i <laughs> like agree. myself. I i
1: I think it's wonderful and that's one of the reasons why I want to turn this book into an audio book because I think people uh, receive information in lots of different forms and hearing it is a very powerful way to communicate.
0: Absolutely. So Peggy, thank you so much for joining me for the second time. It was amazing having you here and learning about your book and the stories that you shared today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and also tell us how we can find you online well first of all thank you aditya because you
1: are doing just amazing work and i'm really grateful to be part of this and to be part of the tribe so thank you i'm personally grateful for a really loving secure relationship with a man who is funny generous entertaining and very caring and to me relationships are so important and it takes a lot of nurturing a lot of presence and beingness and I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to grow within this secure wonderful relationship and again I'm grateful for you and and your show and and what you're doing I'm just impressed and excited and in what you're bringing to the world so thank you thank you as far as reaching me um, best place is my website, which is peggysealfon.com. And I have lots of free stuff there. For instance, you can go to three minutes to com numeral three, and get a taste of the quantum breath meditation. It's just a little three minute taste, but it's actually enough to allow you to move. It. Into this quieter, calmer place. And for all the different books I have, you can go to stonewaterstudiobooks.com or of course they're all on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So I really encourage people though to go to my website. I have another um, uh, really wonderful free interrupter, as I call them, to interrupt those patterns of stress and fear. And it's at one minute to com, And it's a qigong exercise, which is another ancient tradition. And it's very simple and really energizing and relaxing at the same time. So I encourage people to just try it. Just go and use them and practice them because that's the biggest part of this entire experience and the biggest message is that you have to practice these skills and strategies in order for them to work for you. You can't just do it once and think, okay, I got it, it's done. So it does take some ongoing commitment on your part to do it.
0: So that's one minute to distress dot com, and could you repeat the previous link, the one that you shared earlier? Uh,
1: it was StonewaterStudioBooks.com. dot com, and um, my direct website is just PeggySealfan just my name. And it's S is in Sam, E A N L F is in Frank, O N as in Nancy.
0: Awesome. We'll have all these three links up in the show notes. Peggy, thank you so much for coming on to our show once again, talking to us about uh, the zero stress zone, among other fascinating topics, and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
1: Oh, Aditya, I love that. Thank you so much. You have a fabulous show, and I wish all your listeners a fabulous day. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N, Chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.